0: Hi there and welcome to an update from the third floor I'm Dave Steer and along of course with our uh, guest and actually Governor it's it's your show Governor Mike Dunleavy and the reason we do these podcasts is well we figure it would be better for the governor sometimes me to speak directly to the Alaskan people as opposed to having it go through what would you say filters screens Mm,
1: uh, yeah I think it's called uh, uh,
0: from the horse's mouth there you go there you go I, I like that so I'm going to get you into trouble right away. You have the power to order school districts across this state to deal with masks. You 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 it's it you don't have it now, right? It, it you cannot I tell I don't have the
1: legal, I don't have the statutory authority. Right. There there's a there's a local control issue there. I mean, if the legislature wants to change something, they can do that. But right now, school districts have the right uh, to conduct school in a manner consistent with law. I don't have the ability to go in there and stop them. And we've seen different
0: policies. uh, Unless they're breaking
1: the law, of course. Right, right.
0: We've seen schools on and off the road system adopt either no masking, voluntary masking, required masking. But over the past several weeks, the CDC, the, the Biden administration, they were having a Super Bowl in a state, or have had a Super Bowl in a state, a big game in a state, in which there are strident masking requirements, but 80,000 people can be packed into an indoor stadium wearing cloth
1: masks that the CDC says don't work. I I, I guess, you know, this is an interesting, this whole thing has been just uh, 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 brutal and interesting at the same time. So for those that, you know, are, are still proposing masking and forced mandates and forced vaccinations, they'll say it's the science. But then, as you said, you'll see uh, numerous examples of where the science is not being followed. And in many cases, the folks that are really promoting this wearing masking uh, stuff all the time, you'll see them in photographs, maybe with kindergarten students, Mm -hmm. Uh, or you'll see them uh, um, at a a football game, talking with uh, celebrities Mm -hmm. without their mask on. Um, Or holding their breath. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) well, I don't think so. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong can masks help the question is with what and for how long um, but I think most of us are way beyond the virus uh, I think the vast majority of us understand the virus understand this new variant Omicron affects mostly your upper rep- respiratory system uh, we, we, we have our, our uh, the hospital capacity in terms of workers and the ability to deal with folks that need may need to go to the hospital we have that in place we've had that in place for months in the state of Alaska but in, in terms of continuing this, this harping on, uh, uh, you know, kids should mask, kids, kids are paying, in my opinion, undue burden. And I, I would say to all the school districts, give some serious thought to what's going on here with our kids. The kids go home after school, the masks are off. The kids go hang out with their friends on the weekends, the masks are off. The masks are not going to stop Omicron. It's just not going to happen. So uh, I would say to everybody in the state of Alaska and across this country, we have to live with this virus. We have to push through this virus. Will some of us get sick? Yes. We all know people that have gotten sick. We've gotten sick. Am I am I uh, be uh, poo-hooing that? Am I minimizing that? No, I'm not. But we're at a stage in this pandemic. You cannot. A society cannot sustain a heightened uh, a heightened sense of a, a, a vigilance or alertness or concern or fear without other repercussions occurring. And we know we're, we're gonna start having mental health issues, emotional health issues, family issues, substance abuse issues. It is past time to move on. We, we need to move on. Will there still be people that say, you know, you probably should wear a mask? Yes, but in a free country, that's your decision. If you wanna wear a mask, wear a mask. But the idea that we should be masking kids in mass, M-A-S-S, uh, that we should be forcing people to behave certain ways, that 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 is way beyond this. This the the virus doesn't justify those actions, and uh, we need to move on. You, we of course since since day one you,
0: we've you've been a part of the state's management of of COVID from the initial projections that we were going to have what one in three one in five Alaskans. So, they, they were talking about
1: an extinction event. Yeah,
0: it was an extinction event, and now here we are at Omicron. Where to your point. Uh, teachers in certain school districts uh, and students have to wear masks, but when they split off, teachers go out to dinner or uh, kids oh, go. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they're, don't have to wear masks. They're, they're
1: people, Dave. We're human beings. It's not just that you know. It's just uh, that teachers or students were we're human beings. We 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 don't. We weren't designed to wear masks all the time. I mean, you might wear a mask if you're uh, uh, working on a car with chemicals. Uh, I may wear a mask if I'm uh, uh, using weed killer or something but to wear a mask for hours and hours and hours day after day after day uh, it just it's 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 are beyond this um, I mean you go to any setting now for the most part and people are not wearing masks and I don't know why it, it's continuing in the schools I know there's an overabundance of caution I get that but. I, I'd ask the schools and the school districts and the school boards to give some serious thought to this because it, it's it, kids are going home playing with their friends with no mask on. You got to take the mask off. You got to take the mask off. If you're going to visit your grandmother or a relative or a friend that's immunocompromised um, or has some underlying health issues, and you as a family want to be uh, uh, want to to, to 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 take precautions, that's a different story. But the idea that you're going to go to school day after day after day after day and wear a mask, I think we're beyond it. We're beyond it. You, you've seen,
0: but um, transition here a little bit, its impact on students. You as a uh, as a former educator, you know, whether anecdotal, the, the national statistics of drug use, a spike, an, a frightening spike in suicides among young people, young girls, young boys. Uh, and, and you also now see... The, the, the continued economic impact that fear yeah. has on on one of the the summer staples of yeah. Southeast and other parts of the state and that's the cruise industry.
1: Yeah. W- what have you heard and what are your concerns? Well l- let me say uh, let me say something you, 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 you um, stirred something. The last two years two and a half years have been incredibly difficult for the world for this country and for our state. We've escaped some of the worst uh, of, of the manifestations of uh, this political upheaval, this virus upheaval, et cetera, economic upheaval, right? Uh, I, you've heard me say this before. We haven't had the shootings or the lootings or the burnings, and thank God. I mean, that's a, that's a testament to Alaska. Uh, we're a very diverse state, yet we seem to work together for the most part. But I could see early on, and I've talked to people about this, I could see early on that uh, everything could be politicized, and this virus was going to be politicized. And I asked newspapers and news outlets and others, don't politicize the virus, right? And I knew they could only hold on for so long. (laughs) I mean, I'm being honest with you. We have to be decent to each other. There was a time in this country where we could sit down, it didn't didn't matter what party you were, it didn't matter what what, what, uh, religion you belong, church you went to, we were able to have conversations. I mean, that was what the hallmark of America was about—was tolerance for each other, um, and then in some cases acceptance and so forth. But this last two years has been brutal on this country, and all I'm all I'm asking the people of Alaska is, let's not follow the lead of the lower 48 or other parts of the world. We see that people are under incredible stress because of some of these these mandates. That, uh, quite honestly, I I, I the science. This, I, I, the science is going to be questioned now for, for for decades into the future, unfortunately. A lot of the, the so-called professionals, experts are going to be dismissed going well into the future. A lot of our institutions are being questioned. What I would ask the people of Alaska to do, quite frankly, is uh, we got to return to a sense of decency for each other. If you want to wear a mask, Dave, I'm not going to belittle you for wearing a mask. I mean, if you're walking or jogging outside in the middle of a field and no one's around you, I'm going to wonder what's up. Maybe you forgot your mask. I'm not going to belittle you. At the same time, if I'm not going to wear a mask because uh, I either have had the virus or I've had the vaccine or, quite frankly, the science is 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 indicating to me that it doesn't matter if you wear a mask, just leave each other alone. And I think that's where we're at now. Let's stop bothering each other. Let's stop harassing each other. Let's let our kids be kids, go to school. Well, uh, the mask thing is just not what we think it is. It's not going to stop the virus. It is not going to stop the spread. Some people may make the argument that will, it will help, but everything comes with a price. Everything comes with a cost. And we're seeing the cost manifested. And, and we really just need to get back to being decent to each other. And that's really one of my messages I want to give the people of Alaska. Are you
0: concerned that we've gone so far as a nation, with the willingness to allow these things to happen? That now it's Canadian truckers. Now it's potentially uh, you know there was there was a supportive uh, truck rally in Anchorage a few days ago, and and you're seeing you're seeing states that on on a Monday masking was great and they were required. And then on a Tuesday they woke up and masking is immediately optional. Well, Vaccines a, are now yeah, optional. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's an example. That's an example of, of, of politics and science, quote, colliding and literally destroying each other, in my opinion. So you've had some of these states, some of these states that were consistent and insistent upon all these approaches to the virus. And now it doesn't look like that's a great idea politically. All right, well, was the science great back then and now it's not? Uh-uh. So going to the truckers, for example, I mean, in, in a way, everybody should understand why the truckers are protesting. They drive in a truck for hours on end, that's their job, with nobody around them. There's nobody to infect, and yet they're going to be forced to get a vaccination? I mean, nobody should, be, nobody, should get, nobody should be forced to get a vaccination. We, we've been consistent day one. No matter how many calls there were for, for mask mandates and vaccine mandates in the state of Alaska, uh, a statewide man, uh, uh, mandates, we refused that because we just didn't think it was right. And the cost to, to not just uh, uh, rights and individual freedoms, but just the cost of interaction um, we thought was way too high and not necessary. But going back to the truckers, they're driving a truck. For hours on end, days on end, yet they're going to be required to get a vaccine. Why? Why can't that be their choice? Why are they being required? It makes no sense. And when something that the government does, which too often happens, doesn't make sense, you get these inflection points in a history where people just say that's enough. And that's what we're seeing manifesting itself with the truckers. Enough. The problem is, the problem is, people need to realize, and government officials need to realize. If the truckers don't want a truck and they don't want to move stuff, that's not going to make things better for the economy, for, for, for the ability to buy goods and services. And um, we just need to just get beyond. We're still treating this like it's an extinction event. Mm-hmm. The science is clear. We're not going to get wiped out. We're not going to die in mass. We're not. Let's
0: move beyond it. Do you see that that the lingering effects staying with with industries that are important to Alaska this summer, the cruise industry for example. Do you, the cruise industry, let's be honest, the CDC has always viewed the cruise industry bizarrely as a petri dish of potential pandemic. Never mind, and we love Las Vegas, but never mind the big resorts in Vegas. Never mind big gatherings like at Mardi Gras, uh, to our watcher in New Orleans, but it, it is it's it's almost as if they there is this random targeted decision that the science will apply in this congregate setting, but not in that congregate
1: setting. What is it, when, I say, when I say, what does it matter? This is what I'm trying to, and I'm, we'll talk about this because this is an important topic. If I'm an adult in America, and I want to get on a cruise ship, and I fully understand I'm mixing with people, and I fully understand that uh, there may be germs passing between us, I fully understand that, yet I fully, I fully have incorporated and thought about the risk. Isn't that my choice? Why is that the CDC's? That should be my choice. That should be the choice of, I, I don't think anyone getting on those cruise ships are going, hey, wait a second, I didn't realize there'd be other people on this cruise ship. <laughs> that's, the whole, that's the whole idea of part, of, part of the idea of cruising, or hey, I didn't think I'd be in close proximity to people. If you, if you believe that, you don't go on the cruise ships. Or if you do believe in that, and you, you have no issue with getting a vaccination, then you get vaccinated. And if you have no issue with wearing a mask, you get on the cruise ship with a mask and you're vaccinated. It shouldn't be the CDC calling the shots. And I think the problem with the CDC is this, and it's a serious issue for Alaska, for our economy, for jobs, but it's also another issue about experts trying to control the behavior of large numbers of Americans, and that's this. Why is the activity of cruising a health issue? But the activity of crowding into a casino is not, as you mentioned. Or let's see what happens with Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I hope, I hope they have a great Mardi Gras or a football field or a boxing match or a restaurant or a house party of 30 relatives. You gotta, they they got to stop this stuff. Everyone knows how to take care of themselves. Everyone knows they can get a vaccine if they want one. Everyone knows they can wear a mask if they want one. Everyone knows that there are therapeutics, too, that they could uh, take if they get sick. Everyone knows this stuff. All the CDC is going to do from this point forward is just irritate people, bother people. And long-term consequences for the CDC, along with other, quote, expert think tanks, I think is going to be catastrophic. Uh, I don't want to say it's going to be like the boy that cried wolf, but there's going to come a point where there could be a serious issue that could be, a potential pathogen that could be a potential extinction event people are not going to listen to folks that's the problem so i think the cdc really needs to um uh take a hiatus from pronouncements and announcements on this particular virus
0: 30 days without a press conference or press release would probably do their image a world of good probably just just to to let it go uh i, I want to move on uh, a little bit if i can uh in your state of the state you you talked about renewables and and immediately some people uh either thought it was an election year gimmick, some people thought you were coming to take their, their pickup trucks and you, you had gone from being Mike Dunlavey to Al Gore overnight. <laughs> now we gotta we gotta I mean yes. you probably went from bacon to, to soy based bacon or or something like vegan. that. I'm yeah. a vegan though. Is it a green thing? From, from an environment, is it a green thing? From a dollar standpoint, why, I guess, is the question. Why, why renewables? What, what is the big deal? We've been pumping natural gas to power ourselves for years. Why
1: now? Yeah, let's, let's make sure we take a, a, a broad view of everything. Um, I have worked tirelessly to continue to increase our oil production and monetize our gas tirelessly. Why? Because it's a lucrative product for Alaska, but it's also in demand by the world, and it's what powers our civilization, and it's going to continue to power our civilization for for decades, 50 years, if not 100 years. Uh, Everyone accepts that. So why not have Alaska take advantage of that? That's what we do well, and we do it better than any other place on the planet with regard to the environment. But our in-state energy costs have always been high. Small market, Um, we rely on, we rely on the very fuel source that we're selling to the world, which is subject to market forces. So when this pandemic hit and in quite, I I lived in rural Alaska where where the true cost of energy is 60 cents a kilowatt hour, 70, 80, could be even higher. And without power cost equalization, there's no way you could afford it. So with the advancement in technologies and the abundant renewable fuel sources. What I mean by fuel, solar view it as a fuel, wind view it as a fuel, hydro view it as a fuel. And now micro nukes, for example, uh, not quite a renewable, but nonetheless is um, is, uh, is a real opportunity I think for Alaska. Um, the pandemic showed us, showed me and showed many that we need to reduce our electrical costs so that we can produce the things we need to in the state of Alaska but also just getting the cost down are going to allow people to stay here in the state and attract other types of businesses as well. And so we have abundance, abundant renewable resources. Why not put them to use internally to help drive down the cost of electricity? That's where I'm coming from. Uh, I like big pickups, to be perfectly honest with you. I have a big pickup. So it's not an issue of big pickups for me. It's really an issue of how do we stabilize the fuel cost for Alaskans going forward? Again, whether it's hydro, whether it's nukes, whether it's wind, whether it's solar, what's a combination of. That's where we're trying to go because quite honestly, our electrical costs keep, costs keep going up. They keep going up due in part because we rely on fuel sources that are traded on the worldwide market. And those, the, the, the future right now, at least in the short term, for oil and gas is going to be higher prices. Look at, we're, we're, we're over 90 bucks a barrel right now for oil. Gas on the spot market in Asia is like 24, 25 bucks a unit. If we're going to have long term stability in our electrical rates, we have to have long term stability in our fuel sources. And so that's why we need to seriously look at renewables, not because it's an Al Gore thing, not, not because of that but because it will stabilize our fuel costs in the state of Alaska.
0: You you like to count cranes whenever you travel across the country. Yeah, it's a strange habit.
1: I, of I, well,
0: I, it, I, my grandmother would randomly call out numbers, and then I realized she was reading gas prices when we drive down the street. Mess with me a little bit. You you count cranes. It, speak to, if if you can, the, the, the relationship between stable and low-cost energy and the proliferation of cranes. We're not going to see a lot of cranes yeah. in Alaska
1: at 23 bucks yeah. a kilowatt hour, yeah. are we? It's going to be tough. It, what 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 consistent low cost energy does is predictability long term. We don't have that right now, but it's predictability long term. And if you're looking at um, uh, bringing more business to Alaska to employ our kids and grandkids, you got to have predictability and costs. And Alaska, being far away from the rest of the country, small population. It's expensive to ship things here. We've got to do everything we can to shave off costs on the cost side of the ledger. So that when we have an outfit, a business, a company, a corporation, whatever you want to call it, looking to, to, to make a dollar on a dollar, and they look at Texas, or they look at Alabama, and then they look at Alaska, we have to be, we have to be even more competitive than those other states because of our, our just an inherent cost because of distances of the climate and small population. Having low cost energy in an energy rich state makes perfect sense. It's almost oxymoronic to be an oil and gas, geothermal, wind, solar, water power giant, yet our people internally are paying some of the highest costs there is in the country, second highest in the country. So keeping those costs down, keeping those costs stable over the long term is going to bring investment to the state of Alaska. I've had conversations with businesses, you know, and they bring up things like our, our, our corporate tax, they bring up things like distance and so forth, but they also bring up our energy costs. And if we can get those stabilized and under control, I think you'll see more opportunity here, to be perfectly honest with you. It's going to keep Alaskans here. we got Alaskans that are leaving and going to states that have 11 cents a kilowatt hour uh, in in many cases. We can lower the cost of energy in the state of Alaska if we put our mind to it.
0: You you mentioned the price of uh, Alaska's commodity oil going up aggressively. Thank you, Russia, Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Thank you, Biden
1: administration, as well.
0: So balance that if you can it, it, it the the budget that you proposed uh allowed for a a make whole dividend allowed for your vision of a 50 50 uh pfd in the fall and and as each month goes by uh department of revenue does revised revenue forecasts and it, it keeps going up to the point where we could have a 500 million or 700 million dollar potential surplus in this current budget could year be alone could be higher it, you, you, you look at your your vision, and you set it in the State of the State—not the Alaska of today or tomorrow, but of five years, ten years, twenty years. What would you like to see? You know, frankly, you and the legislature build towards this year to sort of set the foundation for for those years and decades to come.
1: Well, so it, it's interesting, and I'll go. It's going to be a roundabout way to answer that. Um, when I first came up in '83. There were a lot of 20 year olds and 30 year olds up here. A lot. A lot of folks looking for opportunity. A lot of folks working in the oil industry, in the timber industry, the mining industry, the fish. I mean, I can recall going to a party in Anchorage in 1983 in July, um, a picnic. And there were 20 people there. Everyone there was making $50,000 or more. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And they were poaching people. Friends were poaching each other at that party, saying, "Hey, I, I know you're working uh, in the oil industry, but do you want to fish on your time off?" Or, "I know you're a teacher. Do you want to work at the mine in the summer?" Couldn't get enough workers. It was unbelievable opportunity. And then, when the pipeline reached uh, full production in '89, '90, Alaska seemed to have lost a little bit of its uh, go get ness its north-to-the-futureness, um, and so. We look at each other now, I, I'm looking at you, Dave, you're looking at me, and we're a little long in a tooth, Ooh, we got gray hair, and Alaska's starting to look more and more like an old shaker community. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bode well for the future. Our, um, many of our kids are leaving the state to find opportunity elsewhere. You go to other, other states, uh, there's, a, there's a vibrancy, there's a, there's an oppor- there's a, there's a sense of uh, uh, capitalizing on opportunity no matter where you go. Uh, uh, we need to have that return to Alaska. We need to we need to set up a situation where our kids don't have to leave. That means opportunity, that means jobs. That rolls into the, uh, the cost we were talking about earlier. Um, and it rolls into the fiscal, a fiscal plan. We've offered up many components of a full, full fiscal plan going forward. Uh, all of this is all about stability. Stability in cost, stability in finances, stability across the board. So people could say to themselves, do I really want to invest my time, my life in a certain locale like Alaska? Or is it so unstable that I don't know from one year to the next what, what the costs are going to be, what, what, uh, what if there's gonna be a tax one year, maybe not a tax the next, if the PFD is gonna be there, maybe it's not going to be there. So really everything that we're trying to do in this administration is to lay out a stable environment is what we're trying to do. We gotta be very careful. Yes, it's at $90 a barrel. That's great for the state government. That's not so great for the public For the reasons we talked about earlier when we talked about energy. It helps us to pay for our services. The problem when we get a surplus of $700 or $500 million is it's going to be a a real temptation to spend it all. There's always stuff to spend it on. I will say that this administration over the past three and a half years has actually reduced its state spend. It's lower today than it was when I came into office. Um, that, in my opinion, is a good thing because what we want to do is rebalance the ledger and focus on putting resources in things like public safety, um, making sure that uh, we, we underwrite the basic fundamentals to, to develop more of our resources and create opportunity. Um, education, um, you know, we, the, the University of Alaska, we're helping become, in my opinion, can become the drone, drone, uh, uh, drone capital of the world. That technology, there's a lot of opportunities here, but you got to have stability. And that's what the fiscal plans are all about. That's what the uh the uh the the uh we're getting a reprieve because of this high price of oil, but if anyone is gonna bet on that for long-term stability, then they haven't been, they haven't spent much time in Alaska. It's production policy, right? If you, you could need have, more production. If if we had if oil was at forty-five
0: dollars a barrel, we would be hurting for certain. Not if our production was eight hundred thousand right. barrels. Right. And so it, it's it's interesting that over the past several months we've seen uh increased tension between in, in Europe. The President of the United States has called upon oil companies to pump more oil and produce more, produce more natural gas domestically. Uh, he has asked the nation of Japan to slow their receipt of natural gas shipments in case some of those need to be diverted to Germany, which is now nearly exclusively reliant on Russia. A NATO ally is reliant on Russia for most if not nearly all of their natural gas shipments and yet we have projects in the state of alaska that the pause button's been set on yeah it's just blinking
1: pause yeah doesn't make any sense um this is why we're fighting the Biden administration look no matter who the president is we we want this country to be successful um under the previous administration we were producing more energy we were the energy giant in the world um, price of oil and gas, in Ala- or price of oil in Alaska, was low, um, but that, that's, a, that's a different issue. We were the energy giant; this country was. We had some tremendous opportunities here, afforded uh, Alaska in the, in the past administration. The new administration comes in and, and immediately, out of the gate, starts to kill a number of these projects. Whether it's ANWR, we had some court, uh, federal court issues on, on the Willow project, for example, uh, the Tongass National Forest, uh, some of our mining plays. Quite frankly, if the federal government in, in a manner, in a, in, a, in a way, just left us alone, allowed us to develop our resources, we would be less of a burden on the federal government. We would, there would be less transfer of, of federal money to the state of Alaska because we would, we would be producing. So it's, it's our hope and our goal that the policies of, of this administration change somewhat so that we are not so dependent on the Saudis or the Russians to produce oil. We can produce that oil. The United States can produce that oil. Rare earths, critical minerals, timber, we can produce that here in the United States. I think there's a, I think there's the, there's the beginning of a change. Um, we mentioned the truckers, we mentioned a, a couple other issues with supply chain issues. I think there's a, 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 a moment here in, in history where I think we're gonna start to realize that producing things here in America as much as we possibly can, helps with america's security long term doesn't hurt the world because we will be able to still trade with the world but if we're dependent on foreign actors for key components to maintain the civilization that we have here in the united states including our defense and our our, our security we're risking a lot and i think that's what the last two years have also demonstrated to us that we have to take care of ourselves we have to look out for ourselves we have the ability to do that We just got to make sure that the policies, whether they're coming out of Washington or Juneau, are consistent and conducive to get us to that point where we're producing, we're creating opportunity and we're securing our future for our kids. Real quick, before we wrap
0: up, you've been critical of the policies of the Biden administration and its impact on the state of Alaska. You've been criticized for not coming across as more grateful. For federal spending in the state, sort of a hey, they've they've, they've you know, whether it's funds from infrastructure, or triple P, or or other COVID or non-COVID relief funds, sort of of you've got your federal cash now, just sit there and and do what we've told you to do, and and you've you've asked for more money in the state uh, defense uh, budget to to fight against Washington D.C. If, speak to those critics who were telling you, you know what, you got some federal cash, Governor, you should just you just smile
1: and take it and maybe next time. Um, that's not what we're supposed to be about. It's not what human beings are. I mean, we're not cattle to be domesticated and fed money when there's opportunities that we can take advantage of. Many of us came to Alaska. Many of us were born here, but many of us came to Alaska. and We came to a place where it was all about opportunity, but you had to roll up your sleeves. This idea that that you should be happy with a, a government handout, and you don't have to roll up your sleeves, it's a dangerous, dangerous precedence to set. And you can see it starting to happen, that a number of our young people are starting to believe that you don't have to work to survive. There's no precedent in history for that. And I don't know where this is going to lead. I don't think it's going to lead somewhere good. But this idea that you should be happy, Dunleavy, that the federal government is raining money on the state of Alaska, If some of that money is directed into projects that are going to enable Alaska to to produce more, create more opportunity for people that want to roll up their sleeves, yes. But if it's simply going to be a doping mechanism, stay home, play your computer games, don't worry about work, don't worry about furthering your skill set, don't worry about that, You're, you, we're, we're, headed to, we're, we're headed to a disaster. That can't work. There's no way that can work. And so m- to the critics that would say I should be grateful to the, to the, uh, the Biden administration, w- I'd be grateful if they just allowed us to do what we do best in the state of Alaska. And they're not allowing that to happen. It's like paying a kid $50 to not shovel the sidewalk when he wants to shovel it for 65 We'll pay you, Bob, if you don't shovel the sidewalk. Well, first of all, there's work that needs to be done. We're giving a uh, we're giving a, a strange disincentive to this individual to want to work in the future. We're saying you should be grateful that I'm giving you $50, and so you don't have to go work and, and produce more by your efforts. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And so I, I guess to the critics, I would say this. If you really want to help Alaska, and you really think that money will help, Will give us a much smaller block grant that we can apply directly to things like ports, rail, highways, uh, resource plays, those sorts of things, as opposed to saying, "Well, here's 1.6 trillion dollars, but you got to use it in this fashion, in this manner, and to get it, you have to stand on one foot, you got to wave at the crowd, you got to do this or wear a dress or whatever." That's um, that's that's not exactly what Alaska needs. Alaska needs opportunity.
0: Well, Governor, our time is at an end. Uh, did you have any uh, final thoughts
1: or words before we wrap things up? Uh, just, we, have, we have tremendous opportunity in the state of Alaska. We have the greatest country in the world. It's, it's going through some strange times in which a lot of our long-held values, philosophies, uh, uh, ways of looking at the world are being questioned. And I don't think some, I, I don't necessarily think uh, uh, in, in some respects, um, if, if, if those new ideas are to take hold, you don't have to work, um, uh, the, the, uh, the color of your skin uh, makes you uh, potentially a, um, an, en- an enemy of some. The, uh, the idea that parents are, are, are terrorists when it comes to education, uh, the list goes on. I think those things are detrimental to the, the country. And that's what I'm asking the people of Alaska do, to do is, Let's have some discourse, let's have th- some dialogue. We could be a leader in this country. We already are when it comes, like as I mentioned, we didn't have the, the lootings and the burnings uh, of our cities, thank God. But we could be a leader to show that you can be a very diverse state with a very very diverse cities that get along, that work for a common goal, that still dream the same dreams for their kids regardless. Um, I think we have tremendous opportunity to do that here. Um, we, gotta, we got a couple rough spots we gotta get through, but we're going to get through it together I don't see how we get it get through it being as divisive as we are today. And so that would be my message to Alaskans is let's let's work together, let's roll up our sleeves, let's go to work and let's build Alaska.